Well, we're ready to get started, aren't we? Amen. I'm just going to come right on down there. How's that sound? I trust you've come with a testimony and a song. Praise the Lord. Good. Good. Thank the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody have a favorite song on your heart or chorus? 313. Bust <coughs> and obey. Songbook. 
I think he played that with a little more authority that time. <laughs> but I guess I get what's coming, don't I, sister? You do. Uh-oh. And if we wait till the end, you'd be expecting it, but you're not expecting it now, so there. <laughs> Look at that, full of all kinds of surprises. Well, I don't know if I should open it now. Will it get all over me? Okay, I won't open it now. I might get all over my dress clothes. I'll put it over here. <laughs> all right, you may be seated. <laughs> Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> now let's try 313 for real this time. <laughs> I am thankful for another year and how the Lord spared my life. And thank the Lord. He's blessed me so much, blessed me with uh, introducing me to each one of you and bringing me to be your pastor. I don't feel worthy to hold this position, but I guess it's through humility and the Lord's will and the calling that we've answered the call. And uh, thankful for each one of you and your faithfulness to the Lord and your encouragement to me and thankful for my wife. I didn't have a wife my last birthday. so And uh, she had to remind me even our first birthday together, she reminded me how old I was. So I appreciate that. I'll need that as I begun, begin to get older. <laughs> Amen. 313, the recipe for spiritual success is to trust and obey. Trust and obey. Amen. When we walk with the Lord In the light of His Word What a glory sheds on our way while we do his good will he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus trust and obey not a shadow can rise not a cloud in the skies but his smile quickly drives it away not a doubt nor a fear not a sigh nor a tear can abide while we trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in jesus but to trust and obey not a burden we bear not a sorrow we share but our toil he doth richly repay not a grief nor a loss not a frown nor a cross but is blessed if we trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of His love 
until all on the altar we For the favor He shows and the joy He bestows, never fear will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet we shall sit at His feet or we'll walk by His side in the way. What He says we will do, where He sends we will go, Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Now we sing that, How to Be Happy in Jesus. And I don't know about Kevin and Jeremy because I couldn't see their faces. Then maybe they were smiling under there. But you all have learned how to sing that with a frown and such a straight face. How can you be happy in Jesus and not be smiling about it? Let's try it again. I'm not going to look. You can do what you want. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen. Be sure you trust and obey, and then remember to be happy about it. Amen. I can, I can be on you a little bit. We don't have any guests or any visitors tonight. But, but do remember, my grandpa used to say, he said, are you happy? And we'd say, yeah. And he'd say, tell your face. <laughs> tell your face about how happy you are. <laughs> And he used to always tell me, he said, hey, you always look better with a smile on your face. <laughs> and that is true. There's some people that they always smile and you probably wouldn't recognize them with a frown. And it's not to say that if we frown, we're not holy or we're not godly. That's not what I'm saying. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying it's okay to be happy in Jesus once in a while, especially when we're singing the song. Are there any other favorites tonight? No, 181. 181, we'll try it. On the victory side. I don't know. I might recognize that. Do you know that one, Daryl? Daryl knows it. He's going to teach me. You pretend I already know it.
hearing that one before but I remember the one right across the page I've sang that a lot I don't know how I grew up these were the books in my home church and I still didn't know all the songs <laughs> I like that though verse. our souls cry out okay the third verse our souls cry out hallelujah for the tempter flies apace and the chain about that not only the excitement of seeing Jesus but the excitement of not having to worry about any other temptations no more battles no more pain no more sickness praise the Lord that's enough to get excited about once in a while isn't it amen it's gonna be good to actually see Jesus and be with him forever and it's good to be uh, it'll be good not to see the devil forever and ever won't it <laughs> well it's almost hard for us to imagine isn't it praise the Lord Anyone else? 191. 191. Wonderful. <coughs> oh, my heart sings today, sings for joy and gladness. Jesus saves, satisfies, takes away my sadness. Guilt is gone, peace is mine, peace like to a river. Jesus is wonderful, mighty to deliver. Wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God is He, saving me, keeping
sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. We better stand up. This is a pretty good song. Once a slave, now I'm free, free from condemnation. Jesus gives liberty and a full salvation. Now the sins of the past have been all forgiven. And my name is inscribed in the book of heaven. Wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to me, isn't he? Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is he. Saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Living here with the Lord in a holy union, day by day, all the way, holding sweet communion. Oh, what change grace hath wrought in my lowly station. Since my soul has received full and free salvation. Wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is He. Saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Amen. You may be seated. Anyone else with a testimony or a hymn or a chorus? Amen. 234? Yes, sister, go ahead. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Micah was telling me, she said, I just had to read that again. It was just so good. I said, now you know why I didn't feel like I could leave much of it out. I started studying that. I said, boy, how? I said, I'm just going to have to read the whole chapter to you all. <laughs> it's so good. Amen. It'd be hard to, hard to be discouraged if we'd keep our nose in the Bible all the time. I tell you what the old enemy tries to get us off and sidetrack because that's his only hope of trying to get us discouraged. Amen. We have a lot of hope down here. Ready to go to an eternal place up in heaven. What was your song number? 234. 234. Amen. 234. Just him back to the last song. That second verse stuck out to me. Once a slave, but now I am free. Free from condemnation. Jesus gives liberty and full salvation. Now the sins of the past have been all forgiven. 
And my name is inscribed in the book of heaven. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, he will. Yep, that's good. Praise the Lord. My grandpa used to say, he said, if the devil ever comes up to you, and he said he probably will, and try to bring up your past. He's like, how about you just bring up his future? He said he won't stick around very long. <laughs> Talk, read revelations to him about what's going to happen to him here before not too long. I don't know when it's going to be. I'm not predicting the day or the hour. No man knows. And, and even the Son of Man didn't know that when he was here, that Jesus was pretty clear about that. But regardless, it's pretty short. It's pretty short. Amen. And he's going to be bound and put away. Thank the Lord. 234. What a wonderful Savior. Sin atonement made What a wonderful Savior We are redeemed The price is paid What a wonderful Savior What a wonderful Savior Is Jesus my Savior What a Savior is Jesus my Lord. I praise Him for the cleansing blood. What a wonderful Savior that reconciled a soul to God. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. He cleansed my heart from all its sin. What a wonderful Savior. And now He reigns and rules therein. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. He gives me overcoming power. What a wonderful Savior and triumph in each trying hour. What a wonderful Savior, what a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. To Him I've given my heart what a wonderful savior the world shall never share apart what a wonderful 
Savior. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. Amen. Well, let's sing them all over again. We got time. We're in no hurry. We're here to praise the Lord. Amen. Let's stand. Christ has for sin atonement made. What a wonderful Savior. We are redeemed. The price is paid. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. I praise Him for the cleansing blood. What a wonderful Savior that reconciled my soul to God. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. He cleansed my heart from all its sin. What a wonderful Savior. And now He reigns and rules therein. What a wonderful Savior, what a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. He gives me overcoming power. What a wonderful Savior. And triumphant each trying hour. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. To Him I've given all my heart. What a wonderful Savior. The world shall never share apart. What a wonderful Savior, what a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus.
Jesus, my Lord. To Him I've given all my heart. What a wonderful Savior. The world shall never share apart. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. Amen. Talking about the world not sharing a part, that doesn't mean that the world can't have in on this. It just means that the world can't have in on the inside of us. Amen? There's no place inside where we're to be full of His blessed Holy Spirit, full of His holiness, full of His purity. Praise His holy name. Amen. Anyone else? A praise or a song on your heart? I just want to thank the Lord for what a wonderful Savior He is. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? This is my testimony. So all I can add is praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good. <laughs> praise His name. He is a wonderful Savior, isn't He? Wonderful Savior. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. You ever just say, thank the Lord for yourself? Amen. I told the Lord, I said, I'm just so thankful for you. I just, I thank you for being you for being who you are, for doing what you do. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord we have a Creator, a great God. Amen. You may be seated. Are all hearts clear tonight? We don't have to be done. <laughs> all right. Well, let's prepare our hearts to go to prayer. Maybe you have some prayer requests. Amen. That's not up for debate. That's been settled. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. All hearts clear tonight? Amen. All right. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> I 
I told you my wife reminded me that I turned 30 today. She also reminded me of something else just a little bit before church service that Thanksgiving is in a couple weeks. That's coming upon us, isn't it? And I had hoped to be, oh, I thought we would plenty be plowed through this passage and maybe tackle one or two more before we get ready for Thanksgiving Bible studies. But we might pass by and miss out on the Thanksgiving Bible study. We have much to be thankful for, that's for sure. But we do want to come back and look at this passage again, Philippians chapter 4, namely verse number 8. And let's ask the Lord to help us in our understanding as we look at the scriptures tonight. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for your help in times past. We thank you once again for your word and for the understanding that you've given us thus far. We thank you, Lord, for revealing the truth to us. And if we would glean anything, it wouldn't be because of our own understanding, but it would be because your Holy Spirit would reveal the truth to us. And it's our desire, Lord, that you would reveal the truth to us so that we could walk in the light and obey your word. It's our desire, Lord, that you would remind us maybe of things we've forgotten or maybe keep us, safeguard us against forgetting some of these principles and some of these things. Help us to guard our hearts and guard our minds. Lead us in the word tonight and we'll give you the praise. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And skipping on down here to verse number 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Amen. Our last Bible study uh, on this passage, we looked at the word just. We've studied the things that are true. What does it mean here to have true thoughts? We looked at the word honest. What does it mean to have honest thoughts, to be an honest thinker? And we looked a little bit at the word just. We looked at some scriptures, looked at some references. We talked about some things. I read you some definitions. And I wonder if you have any other thoughts along those lines. Whatsoever things are just. Yeah, yep, uh, we've seen a lot of unjust things take place, haven't we? And uh, Tozer says, the way, one way you can study and find out what something means is find out what it doesn't. <laughs> the process of elimination, find out what it's not, will help you to understand what it is. You have to be thorough, as you should. What does it mean to be just? What is something that stuck out to you or a definition that comes to your mind? It doesn't have to be um, accurate according to the dictionary, and I'm not going to make you feel bad. But what comes to your mind? What do you think of when you hear the word just? If you had to use a different word to explain that, what would you say? Fair. Fair? 
Yep. That's good. That's good. There's some baselines. There's some standards that are set. They're predetermined. And uh, I was debating, I guess, a little bit with an atheist this week. I kind of like to do that once in a while. <laughs> but he started telling me, he said, I don't need God to tell me what's right and what's wrong. And I said, uh, he said, and he, and he made a contrast. He's like, I don't, I don't need God to tell me that rape and murder is wrong and, and all this other stuff and to tell me what is right. And I said, by the way, why is rape and murder wrong? <laughs> why, why, how do you know that's wrong? Just because you say it is? Because it's your opinion? <laughs> they forget that our standards all come from the Lord. They all come from the Lord. You've got to trace them down and track them down a little bit. It's not just because it's our opinion. But the word just means right by God's standards. God has set some standards. God is the setter of standards. I don't remember if it was Tozer or Lawrence B. Hicks. I need to listen to some of those old messages again. But one of them said, he said, I'm not a, I'm not a setter of standards. He said, I just preach the standards that God has set. God is the one that sets the standards. I don't change the standard. No other person is the one that sets the standard, but God's already set the standard. And uh, He's made it very clear in His Word. That's how we know that He set the standard, and that's how we know what the standards are. And so being just means according to God's set of standards, according to God's law. When we think of God's law, we think of the Ten Commandments. That's a good place to start. The Ten Commandments, just go down through there and think about those things. And in regards to this passage, that we're to make sure that we think about these things. So whatever things are just, whatever things fit within the perimeters of God's law, God's commandments, God's standards of right and wrong, God's standards of what is right and what is okay, you're not to think about things that are outside that set of standards. You're not to think about other things that are not okay. You're not to think about things that God says no. Some people think that, well, I don't do it. They say, I don't do it, so it's not, it's okay, you know, I don't do it. No, this passage says we're not to think about those things. We're not to entertain those thoughts. We're not to allow those things to be in our minds. They do come in our minds, don't they? The enemy injects them into our minds, and you can't help that. But you can gather them up and push them right back out and redirect your mind to the things of God. And he doesn't go down through here and list the, all the things that we're not to think about. Did you notice that? He goes down through here and lists the things that we are to focus on, the things that we are to think about. And he says, think on these things. What led us here is the study of peace. How do we have the peace of God? How can, we main, how can we obtain the peace of God? And then how do we maintain the peace of God? Well, this fits according to that um, recipe for how to get the peace of God and to keep the peace of God. How you do that is you redirect and you refocus. Make sure that you're honed in on these things that God says that you're to think about. You're to keep your minds on these things all the time. These are perimeters. These are boundaries. Some people in their minds, they don't have boundaries. That's a problem. You can't be a Christian and not have mind. You, can't, you cannot be a Christian and not have boundaries in your mind. You cannot. It's biblically impossible 
to have no boundaries in your mind and just a boundary on your deeds. But you are what you chew on in your mind. Just like the little card I made up, you are what you eat. And if you eat that stuff, that's what you are. Whether you carry out those deeds or whether you just think about them and eat on them and chew on them, that's what you are. And so you must have boundaries, you must have perimeters in your mind. That's what these are. These are the boundaries. We're only to think about things that are true, things that are honest, and things that are just, things that are right by God's set of standards. You can ask yourself that question. You're thinking about something, a thought gets interjected into your mind, and you say, hey, is this right by God's standard? Could this be a thought from God? And some people, could, some people would say that, well, I think this thought is okay, but if you would say, did God give you that thought? They'd say, oh, no, because... God wouldn't do this, or God wouldn't say this, or God wouldn't want me. Well, that's how you can identify the thoughts of the enemy. When thoughts come into your mind, they get interjected into your mind. You find yourself maybe thinking about something, and you're like, oh, no. God wouldn't want me to think about this. This isn't from the Lord. Well, then you kick it out immediately. Immediately, your first recognition. I've said before, and I think it's very true, that the way that you're... you're first second or millisecond however you want to call that your first moment of your reaction when you recognize that it's the enemy or a thought from the devil or something evil or something bad as soon as you recognize that your response to that will determine whether you'll be victorious or defeated that's where it's at it's that choice because you see that choice that sin starts with a choice temptation is not a choice temptation is not a sin. Jesus was tempted. And all points like as we are yet without sin, the scripture says. And that's good. That's encouraging. Because sometimes the devil will come along and say, Oh, you're tempted that way. You, you must have sinful desires in you. Well, when has the devil been worried about sinful desires in us anyway? <laughs> that's what my grandpa used to always say. He said, he said the devil come along when he was a new Christian. And used to say, Oh, you're not a good Christian. Good Christian. They wouldn't have that thought pop into their mind randomly. And it used to get him down. He would go. He was always going to the altar and praying about it. And finally the Lord showed him. said, that's from the enemy. That's not me. Those are his thoughts. That's his condemnation. Everybody's tempted. And then uh, he told the devil, he said, the devil, he said, when have you been worried about how spiritual I am? That I'm not spiritual enough. <laughs> the devil will try to come along and say, well, you haven't prayed enough today. You're not spiritual enough. That thought popped in your mind. You're not spiritual enough. Well, devil, when have you been worried about how spiritual I am or not? <laughs> He's an old liar. He's an old accuser. But we do need to have perimeters. We do need to have boundaries on our minds. And this boundary here, this standard that God is laying forth for our minds to follow, is whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are just. Do you have any other thoughts before we move on to the next word study? Yes. That's good. Yeah, he's laid it very clear. Thanks for pointing that out. That's good. Some people, they said, uh, the Pharisees said, well, you, you commit adultery, that's sin. But Jesus said, if you look and you lust inside, 
you've committed adultery already. You've, you've, you've the same as carried out the act because you would if you could get by with it. And we will be judged. People will be judged in general. Not only us, but the whole world will be judged. Not only on their deeds, but their thoughts and what they could do if they thought they could get by because that's really the will of their heart. They'll be judged upon their heart. That's good. Anybody else? Whatsoever things are just. Let's think of some examples of some things that are just, that are okay to think about. The Word of God. The Word of God. Amen. That's good. You know you can meditate on the Word of God. And that won't carry you outside the boundaries of His Word, of His standard and His law. That's good. The Word of God. You can meditate on the Word of God. Anyone else? What else? Hymns. Hymns, yes. Hymns, wonderful hymns. A.W. Tozier said the most important book in your life is a Bible. And he says the second most important book a new Christian should get is a hymnal. That's what he said. And then he said you should get a journal. should be the third most important book. A spiritual journal. So you can document how the Lord has led you and encouraged you and helped you and answered prayers. Lifted you along the way. But hymns. Hymns. You can think about hymns. And the hymns in the songbook. A lot of them will have a little scripture. Right? A little scripture reference. Or some of the hymns that you're familiar with. When you sing them it reminds you of a scripture. Some hymns are scripture. Some of the verses and the choruses are just uh, snippets and quotes right out of the Bible. And that's good. That'll encourage your heart. That's good. Anything else you can think of? Yeah, that's good. And that kind of makes me think of the hymn writers, too, because a lot of the godly characters were hymn writers. I think there's a book maybe there in the office. Excuse me. And I think maybe our sister has one about the history of some of the hymns and the lives of the hymn writers and their testimonies. And that's really uh, what hymns are. Hymns really are a testimony of someone who's had their heart right with God. They've been redeemed and uh, set free of sin, just like the one we were talking about tonight or singing tonight about the shackles and the bonds of the enemy being broken off. Thank the Lord being delivered. And so you can look to the godly examples the spiritual giants, if you will, the patriarchs in the Bible, and even in church history, the ones who live victorious, the ones who did things for the Lord. There are some names that might not ring a bell. They might not be too great in, in maybe your understanding, but they did great things for the Lord, and they lived good examples. And we think of those who have passed on who have lived good examples, and it could be an encouragement to us. That's good. Are there any other thoughts anybody has along these lines? And then maybe we'll, we'll discuss a little bit uh, along the next word of pure. All right, he says, whatsoever things are pure, not only whatsoever things are true and honest and just, but whatsoever things are pure. 
What comes to your mind when you hear the word pure? Undefiled, that's good. Pure. Holy. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Now, it's not really an estranged word to us in our vocabulary today. You may read the ingredients or a label on the contents at the store or food. And if it says pure, what's it make you think? 100%. There you go. You ever seen a label that says 100% whatever it is, maybe apple juice, 100% orange juice, 100% jam, strawberry preserves. We got some, this is not a commercial for Welsh's, but we got some strawberry jelly. You guys know I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They're just the snack of a king, I think, but... We got some strawberry jelly, and we've had different kinds of strawberry jelly. We happened to pick up some, I think it's Welsh's, if I'm pronouncing it right. Welch? Welch's or something like that. You can contact my wife afterwards. She'll, she'll be at the back table. No. <laughs> but uh, they, it's just really good. And uh, boy, I took, a, took some of that and spread it on a piece of bread and put some peanut butter on there and folded it up and prepared a nice glass of milk. And... Uh, we're going to have to let out of here pretty soon. But it was pretty good. It was pretty good stuff. And it made me want to look at the ingredients and see what was in there. I told Mike, I said, this, this tastes like it's homemade. It really did. It was really, tasted really good. I don't know how to explain it. Tastes like it was pure strawberries, I guess. But I've had different labels. Look at different labels. And you know, not every one of them is true. I found one that said 100% apple juice. And then it says... Uh, apples and sugar and cornstarch and uh, acid some of the two or three kinds of acid they want to give you acid reflux and everything in there but you know not every person that says they're pure is pure not every label that you'll see at the store is really pure and uh, maple syrup is one of those things they'll say pure maple syrup and actually, I found out, I think it's either with honey. I don't remember, I think your dad was telling me that it's either honey or uh, maple syrup that they can actually, by law, they can call it pure. And they're still, I think it has to be, I don't know if it's the majority has to be of that content, whatever they say is pure. But legally, it doesn't even have to be pure by law. They say it can be up to, I don't know, maybe 20% of something else, and it's still considered pure. That's not... That doesn't help us understand what the Bible means, does it? <laughs> Seems like they're kind of trying to change the word, capitalize on it. But really, you know, if they thought that everybody uh, had a recognition that it meant only 80%, do you think that they would use that word pure? So they're kind of being deceptive on purpose, aren't they? Kind of know what it means, I think. But anyway, that's maybe beside the point a little bit. We don't get too sidetracked, but when we think of pure, we do think of would you say undefiled? She said undefiled, and he said 100%. What else comes to mind? Is there anything else? Morally upright. Mm hmm. Morally upright. 
It's good. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the polar opposite or the contradictory part of the wicked and perverse society that we see. That's true. Anybody else? What comes to mind when you think of Matthew 5, 8? Do you, does anybody know that reference off the top of your head? There you go. I know most of you know the scripture. You can probably quote the scripture, but the reference there sometimes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Sounds pretty important to me, doesn't it? It's part of the character... It is what defines the people who are going to get to see the Lord. The people who are going to go to heaven have to be pure. What's that tell you about heaven? It's a pure place. What's that tell you about the Lord? He's pure. Amen. true. Someone told me that pure gold, if it's pure gold, if you hold it in your hand, the palm of your hand for a while, it'll actually start to get soft. But the Bible says that the street is going to be pure gold. And what color is the street going to be? It'll be transparent, it says, like glass, like crystal. You ever seen clear gold? <laughs> I don't think I have. I don't know if I've even seen gold. <laughs> we built a house for some people in, in their basement. Of course, I was a little kid, and I was hauling tools back and forth and carrying stuff up the stairs. And 
they had started to move some of their stuff in the basement on the shelf. They had different kind of cool looking rocks and then one of them I just I was thoroughly convinced it was a gold nugget. These people didn't have sense enough to put it in the bank but it was just sitting right there on the shelf and just I told dad I said that's dangerous anybody could just walk up and grab that. I'm sure they don't let anybody in their house you know and uh, finally I said I said that's that's something else I said, you need to see that. And dad looked at it and he said that's pretty cool looking. I said man that, you think that's real gold? And he said it looks like it doesn't it? And finally he talked to him he said my son said he saw your gold nugget down there on the shelf just along with the other rocks and said oh yeah that's fool's gold now that that made me feel really smart <laughs> that's fool's gold <laughs> it got me all right but i thought boy that's gold if ever i saw it but i guess maybe it looks somewhat like gold at least to people that didn't know any better some people don't know what it's like to be pure you ever think about that People in the world, they don't know what it's like to be pure. They don't know what it's like to have a pure mind or a pure heart. Really, in the natural sense, like our brother was saying, what can we even reference to that's pure? Can we reference to, we think of maybe pure water or pure air, like he would say, pure gold or silver. But really, pure means without any without any foreign particles, without anything foreign in it, without anything contrary, anything apart, like Brother Darrell was saying, anything apart from godliness. So some people said, they'll use the word pure and they'll say, that's pure evil. It's like solid or like Mike said, 100%. Pure. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Scripture is pretty clear that we can have pure hearts, isn't it? And it's pretty clear that the pure in heart will be the ones that see the Lord. Some people say, well, you can't be holy. You can't be pure down here. We live in a corrupt world. Nobody's holy. Nobody's holy. Nobody's pure. All the people that go from here up to heaven are pure, that's for sure. That's what the Bible says. Blessed are the pure in heart. Let's turn over to 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse First John 3.3. 3. Who would like to read that for me? And every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself, and he is pure. Purifieth himself even as he is pure. Talking about the hope in Jesus. The hope of salvation. Let me, let me just start up at the top of that chapter. I probably should read a little bit of the context. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. 
Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And then verse 3, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. That he there, before it says he is pure, that's not talking about the person with the hope, but that's talking about God. It says that God is pure. God is pure. And the person that's going to be like God is going to have to be pure too. It's part of godliness, isn't it? Maybe you have some comments. You ever thought about the fact that people are going to recognize other Christians? This, this, I guess maybe I should say, providing the fact that you're a true blue Christian, providing the fact that you're a biblical Christian, your brothers and sisters in Christ are going to recognize Jesus when He returns because of your character. You thought about that. He said, we shall know Him because we shall be like Him. We shall see Him as He is. We'll know that it's Him because we're like Him. That's kind of like, a, it's kind of like an orphan. It's kind of like an adopted child who grows up. And I've heard stories before where they don't necessarily do the DNA test and find them that way or trail them back through the heritage that way, through the family tree, but they actually run across to them and say, wow, this person looks like they should be my dad. And they check on it and say, yeah, this is my dad. Because they recognize them, the similarities. How can that be? But that's what this says here. He said, well, we'll know him when he appears. Verse number two. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And then, of course, it talks about the hope and purifying ourselves, even as He is pure. That's another reason why it's important to be pure, important to be holy. And, of course, we can't make ourselves holy. We don't have the strength or the power to do that. But the little part in that that we play is our choice, that we always choose pureness. We always choose to be pure. When a thought comes along, is your opportunity to choose whether you're going to be pure or defiled. When the enemy comes along and tempts you, that's your opportunity to choose whether you want to be pure and holy or you want to be defiled and sinful. To be purified because the Lord is pure. Any other thoughts? Oh, that's all right. Nope. That's good. That's a good scripture. 
I think most of us know it, but sometimes I know I have when I'm sitting in the pews and I haven't thought about it ahead of time and I don't have the notes like I have up here. <laughs> then when somebody says, do you know a scripture reference? I say, I don't know about that, kind of unsure about that. And then when they start quoting it, oh yeah, 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 I know that one, I know that. <laughs> That's all right. Don't mean to put you on the pressure, put you on the spot. But it's a good scripture, amen. Any other thoughts on that passage? Let's turn over to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse number 13, 2 Corinthians 6, 13. It says, Now for a recompense in the same I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communication hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It's a good passage that fits right in, isn't it? Don't touch the unclean things. You want to stay pure. You want to stay holy. Don't partake of those wicked things, those evil things of the flesh. Amen. Any thoughts along those lines? I'll read you off some definitions I put together. Purity is the, abstinent, is the absence of anything except godliness, through and through. Void of worldliness and sinful passions. Void of selfishness and uh, 
declare what selfishness is or to explain that. It's the desires for the best interests of self before all others, even God. That's what selfishness is. Purity is void of impurities, defilements, or evil contaminations. It's filled to the brim with holiness and even enough to bubble over. To be pure, to be authentic. Amen? It's part of a holy God's bloodline to be pure. He wants us to be pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Any other thoughts before we close? All right, let's ponder these truths. Let's stand tonight. Let's be thinking about these. Let's be more aware of the thoughts that the devil would try to inject in our minds and make sure that they have to pass through. Any thought that comes into our mind, any thought that we have, anything that we dwell on, make sure that it's pure. Amen. Let's pray. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you are pure. Thank you that you are holy. Thank you that you're the setter of standards. And thank you that you've made it possible that we could be pure and holy. And that our minds would only think on pure and holy things. We pray that you would help us to guard our minds and to guard our hearts. Be with each one of us as we go back into a corrupted world. Help us to be holy and pure and to live like that and to be a good example for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.